All right, so uh, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to October 1st. I can't believe it's October already. Um, maybe it'll finally cool off now that it's October. Hopefully. Um, so we got a good show for you guys today. Um, we're going to do our recap as usual, and we have a special guest. Uh, Greg Martin, our village administrator, will be with us in just a minute, but uh, we got a couple things to hit on first. So. Yeah, go it'll ahead. be good, so stay tuned if you just joined us. So we're going to go ahead and go into some of our upcoming events that we have. Um, our youth sand tournament is going to be on October 11th, so if you have your child in our program, um, sand tournament October 11th, that one's just for fun, it's not mandatory. Um, your coach, if your coach decides to participate, then you, we will see you guys then. And our end of season tournament is also coming up. So we're doing things a little bit different this time. Um, typically our tournaments are Friday night and Saturday night. This one's actually gonna start on Thursday night. We have, um, how many teams? Four, 14 competitive teams. Right. So that's a lot of teams to fit into a Friday night. So we're going to actually separate them. It's going to start Thursday, October, is it 17th? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday, October 17th, and um, it'll go into Friday. So it'll be Thursday and Friday. And to clarify, the competitive will be, and see, we usually do the fundamental Friday, competitive right. Saturday. We're going to do competitive Thursday, Friday, and then the fundamental Saturday morning. So yes. if you're in fundamental and you're used to playing Friday, you're going to be playing Saturday morning this time. Yes. Um, and uh, then we're going to start our build right after that. That's yep. kind of why we did that. So we are going to start building the haunted house for you guys. Yep, so we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, also another update, uh, tonight's our first night of flag football. So uh, if you're in the league, uh, I think we ended up with like eight teams this year. So uh, if you're in the league, first games will be tonight. Or if you want to just go watch some dudes playing some flag football. Uh, that starts <laughs> tonight at uh, Daniel Fernandez Park. And that's every Tuesday and Thursday night. That's exciting. Um, we started picking up kids from Sundance yesterday for our after-school program. There is still room, so if you want to um, sign your child up for our after-school program, you can still do so online at our website. Um, and we um, are super excited to be serving that school. We uh, tried for a while, and then when the road kind of opened up over there, it gave us a gave us the ability to serve that school as well. So I think we're, are we serving every school? Right, so now we're serving every elementary school that's within village limits. I know we've had some questions about other schools that are outside of village limits. Um, but we can't really serve those outside of village limits when it comes to transportation. Uh, like our special events and our other programs, we do open up to that but as far as like transportation. Um, we only serve within village limits. So now with us hitting Sundance, um, LLE, KGE, and Raymond Gobbledon, yes. <laughs> uh, we ha have hit all four schools that are within Los Lunas limits, so we're really proud of that, and uh, sign up if you would like to, we still have some room for Sundance. Super affordable, $25 a week, 90 a month, um, yeah, sign up, please. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to hit on Halloween real quick again, um, like Brittany said, starting on the 19th, as soon as literally the last point of the volleyball tournament ends, we're going to start <laughs> building the haunted house. Um, it's going to be awesome. Our theme this year is Dead and Breakfast Inn, which is a haunted hotel. Uh, again, thanks to everyone in the community who's reached out to us to donate some stuff for us. I'll be getting in touch with you guys very soon to go and pick up that stuff and bring it over so we can use it in the haunted house. But uh, just to hit on the dates real quick, uh, the haunted house alone will be open on the 25th, 26th, and 30th. And on Halloween itself, we'll have our Halloween extravaganza where we have the pumpkin patch games, all that good stuff, costume contest. So uh, just keep an eye on that. We'll be hitting on that more in the next couple weeks, but just uh, mark your calendars for that event. And um, as always, it's free and it's going to be awesome. So without, to you guys there. so without further ado, we're going to bring in our special guest. So have Greg slide in. 
Hello, Greg. Uh, Hello. So everyone, this is Greg Martin. He's our village administrator. Um, so Greg, uh, so just real quick for those who don't know what exactly the roles and responsibilities are of the administrator, why don't you go ahead and hit on that real quick, say how long you've been here, kind of just an intro. Give everyone. Absolutely. First yeah. of all, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be on your show and I always have a good time talking to people about what's going on in the village. Uh, so my name is Greg Martin. If you haven't met me, I'm the village administrator here in Los Lunas. Uh, what that means is, is I get to work for the mayor and the council. I'm appointed uh, by the mayor and, uh, and confirmed by the council. Slide it a little bit more. And, uh, and they uh, um, put me in charge basically of a couple of different things. First thing is to uh, create the budget and get a budget approved for the uh, council and the village. The other main topic or main duty that I have is to uh, implement policies and uh, and ordinances that the, that the village has. So I oversee all of the different departments, including the Parks and Recreation Department. So great job to you and your staff, this is awesome. Uh, but great job to all of our departments that do a great job working in, uh, in the village of Los Lunas. So uh, that's what I do. Awesome. So I know we're gonna go into some project updates, but uh, to kind of preface that a little bit, um, for those who don't know and to kind of educate us on like how projects get initiated proposed put into action all the way up through like how the you know the shovel start hitting the ground how does that work because I know all people always say oh well, we need this we need that we need this done but uh, you know kind of walk us through the process of like how projects get done so uh, that's a great question and it's a big question right. but there's going to be a, a, a wide variety of ways that projects get initiated and get planned and then get carried out uh, but in general, in general, what I'd say is the projects that we actually undertake start really uh, in a couple of ways. One would be just from feedback that we get from the general public when they uh, communicate with the council um, as to what their priorities might be, what they want to see in the community. That eventually makes its way back to staff and we get to run that by the council and then implement uh, uh, programs or services that, uh, that people want. The other big way that um, projects get started would be through the council themselves. Uh, you may not know that the council does an annual retreat uh, with themselves to kind of uh, evaluate what projects and what strategies they want to implement. Um, and we go ahead and, and list those out, rank those, and, and get them so that the council is telling us kind of what the priorities are for the village. And then we put that into our budget process and we make sure that we have the funding to do the high priority projects and we just track it all along the way. And uh, right now, on my, uh, I keep a whiteboard in my office of all the active projects and some of the future projects, and I'm happy to say, although it's a little overwhelming, uh, we have over 60 or 70 active projects if you look at all the different departments going on right now. So I know here in the Parks and Recreation Department, uh, several that we don't have time to go into now, but I'm sure you're tracking and uh, promoting, and we appreciate everybody's interest and uh, support for those projects. All right, and kind of to go off topic, uh, what would you say percentages of projects that get done that people really have like no idea are even happening? Like infrastructure stuff that's very important, but it may not be like a... Something you know, that you see yeah, some day. you know, something like a flashy project, like a new building or a new road or something like that. Like, how many of, of the projects that get done are kind of like that? Probably the vast majority yeah. of those projects yeah. are just happening on behind the scenes. We're mm -hmm. getting them done. They uh, definitely affect the quality of life of our uh, community, but don't necessarily uh, show up, you know, uh, to the average person. Right. Um, so it doesn't make them less important. It just means that they're less visible. Right. Um, uh, but but certainly we're, we're we do have a lot of projects that fit into that category. 
So talking about projects in particular, so we're going to hit on a couple in particular, and the giant elephant in the room when it comes to Los Lunas, of course, <laughs> is the East-West Corridor. So kind of where, where, give us an update on that. Sure, and I don't know um, how much background to go into for those who right. may not be familiar with the oh, East-West Corridor actually, project. I can. But uh, this, uh, what we commonly refer to as uh, both an East-West Corridor and an I-25 interchange mm -hmm. project. And it's driven, of course, as most people know, that we have a traffic congestion problem during most of the days that uh, we have uh, traffic. And uh, we need to do something about that, you know, and we are doing things about that. Uh, but the biggest solution to that pro pro problem, sorry, is to um, build a new interchange off of the I-25. So we have one interchange, we have one river bridge that gets uh, people across the town, uh, east and west. And in order to alleviate that main street traffic, um, we have done studies that show that if we could build another interchange and uh, a new east-west corridor with another second bridge that crosses the river, um, then we can alleviate at least about 40% of the traffic that we currently have on our, on our main street, which is a significant uh, difference. So those of you guys on Facebook right now and on Instagram, you can't see it. I've put up a screenshot of the the project page on the village website. So if you go to the main village page and scroll down to the bottom, you can click on it. And it has all the information. It has the timeline of everything, everything that's going on, kind of stuff Greg's talking about right now. And I'll post the link uh, to that in the comments once we're done. Yeah. Mm. So, and just to follow up on that's kind of what it is. But uh, if they're interested, of course, like you said, they can um, check in on the website. We try to keep our active project information up there for those that are, that are wondering. But we also want to just take advantage of the opportunity now to tell people that we're, we're very excited about the progress we've made. Mm -hmm. We've been working on this as a village for over 20 years, as you know, some of you know. Um, but uh, most recently, we've been able to make some good progress in terms of the planning and design as well as the funding. The funding uh, to a very uh, high project uh, cost, um, upwards of $80 million. So finding the funding to, uh, to pay for it has been a real challenge, but I'm happy to report that uh, both the local uh, funding from the village as well as the county has come through to about four and a half million altogether, as well as the state has recently approved a $10 million legislative appropriation that we should be able to use basically to get through the design phase, the full design phase of the project, and that's actively going on now. Uh, the other things that we're doing that probably doesn't show up is we're actively acquiring some of the property along the right-of-way and, uh, and doing what the federal government calls an IACR. It's a study that uh, stands for Interchange Access Change Request. And in order for us to get federal funding, which we hope to do eventually, uh, we need to complete that study and it, it shows the different alternatives that we could use for design and allows us to you know, qualify for federal funding, which we know we're going to have to do eventually if we're going to pay for the full cost of the project. Right. Awesome. So, so as you've heard from Greg, you know, things are in the works. A project like this is a huge undertaking, especially given the layout and design of how the town's situated right now. So um, Village is working on it. We understand we're all stuck in the same traffic every afternoon as well as you guys. So. Um, <laughs> so the village is working hard on it, and we're definitely looking forward to, to that once it gets uh, gets going. Yeah, thanks for that update. So um, the next one, go ahead. The next project we wanted to ask you about was the bridge replacement. Okay, so bridge replacement, when we're talking about a bridge, uh, again, I referenced the one and only bridge that we have that crosses yes. the Rio Grande. And, uh, and it, is, uh, it is a New Mexico Department of Transportation facility. In other words, it's owned and operated by the 
the uh, state, even though it's in our in our community, and they have it scheduled to. It's basically beyond its useful life. It's uh, instead of making repairs to keep it going, uh, they need to replace the bridge. So, uh, starting this October, I believe this fall, we'll be seeing some construction starting um, adjacent to the bridge. The bridge itself will stay in operation through the duration of the construction. Um, and then uh, they will build, the DOT will, will manage the project, uh, building a, a, another bridge adjacent or parallel to the existing bridge um, starting this fall through about one year, about 12 to 14 months construction season. Um, and then at the appropriate time, you know, they'll be able to switch traffic over to the new bridge. And, and then uh, that'll be the only real disruption that we expect to see on our, on our bridge crossing okay. um, is when they actually have to switch traffic off from the old bridge to the new bridge. That should be a day disruption, you know, with some lane uh, closures and so forth. But definitely sensitive to the, to the need to keep traffic flowing and DOT will, will help us, you know, manage that project and hopefully it'll be a smooth project. Eventually, we'll have a nice new bridge that we can use uh, to get across the river, um, and of course, eventually we hope to have that second bridge that will uh, continue to help people get across the river. Excellent, so another project we wanted a quick update on um, that will affect everyone, and it's a great project I heard about a few months ago, is the new composting facility. What's, what's going on with that? So at our, comp at our transfer station, if you're familiar with our transfer station west of town on New Mexico 6, uh, what we're doing is we're building a composting facility. Um, we've heard from people and we know that there's a demand to take uh, green waste um, and dispose of it in a, in a useful way. And because of technology, we know that there's, um, uh, there's a way to process and receive and process that green waste and turn it into a productive product that can also be used for other purposes such as fertilization. And so the village is undertaking a very exciting and really state-of-the-art type of composting um, project where it's a containerized system that has been invented and developed that we're purchasing and installing. Um, it's We're preparing the, the site right now for those containers and acquiring the, the materials and the, and the equipment to make that happen up by the transfer station. But what it allow people to do is take their green waste, branches, leaves, grass clippings, and so forth, um, and eventually other, other com uh, composting products um, products that will help turn it into a not just keep it out of our waste stream because that'll save us money as it keeps us out of the waste stream as well as turn it into a useful productive product that we can use locally for the villages parks and and, and keep the grass you know uh, fed with that uh, rich compost as well as possibly even um, sell that product off to other people who um, who might also be using it very cool. And we do plan in the next couple of weeks uh, to have someone in from Solid Waste to talk about that and you know some of the other uh, services that our Solid Waste Department provides as well. So that's exciting. That's really cool. That's awesome. And uh, so one more project, potential project, this is a, kind of our big one from, from our side over here that <laughs> we talk about all the time. This is what we've been waiting for. Right. Is, uh, we know that there are, I don't, know, I don't really know exactly where it's at, but uh, I know there's, they're talking about site selection for a potential aquatic center. Correct. Okay. <laughs> So yes, this is something that we know that we've wanted and needed as a community for a long time. And we know that we recently completed a, completed a community survey that uh, definitely confirmed that it's something that, uh, that is uh, wanted and needed in our community. Aquatic Center uh, 
you know, and now that the, the high school pool has closed, we don't have really a swimming facility available for the public. And so what this is, this project, I don't have any, you know, earth-shattering news for you. I'm sorry that I didn't bring a, a plan for such a facility, but I would like to say that uh, we um, uh, are working towards that uh, goal. Uh, the Village of Los Lunas, um, we, we hope to partner with some of our larger, um, uh, the county, for example, the school district, to be able to find funding for both the construction and the operation of such a facility. In the meantime, you know, while we get that kind of set up, um, what we are doing is the village of Los Lunas is, is having a study done of different possible sites within the village that might make sense for it, what, if and when we're able to get the funding for construction and a plan to operate such a facility. So, so right now in our budget, uh, the council allowed us to um, perform that study. We're basically looking at about six different sites that we think are logical and feasible for a facility such as this to exist and operate. And uh, we will, uh, when that study is done, of course, you'll have access to it and the public can have access to it to see kind of what the recommendation is for that type of facility. Um, and then, of course, the big goal is to, is to generate the interest, the support, the, the resources that we would need to make it a reality, not just a plan and a, and a location for a possible facility. And that's the goal. Um, awesome. and, uh, and we're excited. Uh, it's going to take a team effort. It's going to take some time. So appreciate everybody's interest, their patience. And, uh, you know, let us let the village council, let the mayor, the staff know, um, you know, what you're what you're interested in. And also encourage the uh, participation from our other elected officials within this you know region, because right. we know it's going to is going to uh, be used and, and, and benefit the, the whole region of, uh, of northern um, Valencia County at least. Right. Right. So the interaction we have, so just speaking to those that are watching, you know, is huge. You know, when you guys comment on our posts, when you send us emails, when you, you know, talk to us when we're at events, um, stuff like that is huge. And especially, you know, because we forward that up the chain to our bosses and our elected officials. And the same comes from you guys when you guys reach out, because ultimately, when things are to get built in our community, like Greg said earlier, it's based on feedback from the community directly. So keep reaching out to us, keep reaching out to your elected officials, and that's how eventually things will get going. Um, so we do have a little bit of public Q&A, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, our first question is, when is the village going to start a youth basketball league? All right, so I'll address that one. So um, I do know that one of the two local youth leagues that was going on here is no longer in operation, but there is still one youth basketball league here in Los Lunas, Los Lunas Youth Basketball League, which we do partner with. Um, so we encourage you guys to join that league. It's a well-run league. We partner with them. They use our facilities. Um, but the village does not like to compete with other previously existing leagues, which is why, you know, we currently right now only run a youth volleyball league because there isn't another youth volleyball league here locally. So we don't like to compete with other organizations within our community that are already doing such a great job. We partner with them and help them and support them, but we do not like to compete with them. So currently the, we do support the one league that here is, that is still currently operating here in town. So we uh, highly recommend you guys uh, jump on and, and play basketball with those guys. Um, so our next question is for Greg, um, and we kind of just talked about that. Um, what can the public do to support particular projects within the village? And I think this might be both conceptual and currently in the works projects. Yeah, well, we um, we just welcome uh, input from the from the public, and that can be given in multiple different ways. You know, obviously participating in this kind of a 
a live uh, Facebook live event or uh, open houses or uh, town hall meetings that we have, even the city council meetings or village council meetings, um, people are welcome to come and make their voices known there. Um, and uh, even emails, uh, written comments that can be submitted by letter or by email. So really it's just a communication that we like to hear from the people and uh, know what they're, what they're interested in. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, talking directly to the village employees, letting them know that they're appreciative of what, what's going on, what's happening. It, it really helps to motivate us to you know, continue to serve. We're, we're motivated to serve in the first place, but in, when people are, are actively the general public, that's why we're here, mm -hmm. is to help um, you know, provide programs and services that they will take advantage of. So any, any kind, anytime you have positive feedback or even just comments and criticisms that we like to take uh, care of, um, we'll be happy to do that. Awesome. And you kind of already touched on the next question. Yeah, so ahead. the next question yeah. um, is, I have concerns that I would like to share with the council. How do I go about that? What I would recommend, if you have concerns, to share with the council specifically. You know, all of the council members uh, make themselves available, I believe, as best they can um, to get feedback from any constituents. And uh, they, all, they all have village uh, uh, email addresses that I know they can access and, uh, on the website. Um, you can find out how to get in touch with them individually or collectively. Um, and that would probably be the easiest way that I would say to communicate directly with the, uh, the council. Um, the other method is, uh, you know, we're always welcome to attend our village council meetings as well. There's a period of time within each council meeting where you can stand up and, and talk to the whole group. Of course, it's a public meeting, so uh, be prepared for that setting. But, uh, but that's what it's for, is to, is to voice your concerns and or even just feedback that you have for the full, full council and the mayor and they'll take your comments and uh, follow up with them as needed. So that's uh, probably the two best ways that I can think of to, to communicate directly and, and, and let the council know how you're, how you're feeling about things going on. Excellent, so um, I think that's it for our public Q&A. Um, Greg, thank you for joining us. I know Absolutely. you have a super, super busy schedule, so we really appreciate you taking the time to come and spend a few You're minutes welcome. with us. Appreciate it. We did get a comment on our Instagram that it was hard to hear us, um, kind of staticky, so yeah. we do apologize. We yeah. were having some Instagram difficulties. Um, we recommend jumping on Facebook and watching this there, and we're also on a podcast on Spotify. Uh, VLL Recreation Nation. So if you are unable to view us through Instagram or Facebook, you can always jump on there and listen to us there. Cool. So thank you guys for joining us. And again, thanks, Greg, for, for spending some time You're with us today. Mike. And we should uh, acknowledge that Gino just oh, yep. uh, posted his um, contact information. Right. So if you wanted to get in touch with him, his information is right there. And um, are the other council members on the website? Yeah, they're on the website. I don't know if their phone numbers with all their emails and contact yeah. information is on there as well. So thanks, Gino, for sharing that with us. And uh, we'll sign off for this week. And uh, everyone have a great week. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.